Welcome to Beyond the Crucible. I'm Warwick Fairfax, the founder of Beyond the Crucible. But there was another reason that John Fairfax had for visiting England. John wanted to repay his debts. Obviously, you might be thinking about it and says, well, wait, hang on a second. In bankruptcy, you know, debts are wiped clean. I mean, did that exist back then? It did, yes. Your debts are wiped clean in bankruptcy. So he had no obligation whatsoever to repay any debts, nor would any of his creditors have expected it, to be honest. But that wasn't his code. John had long had a black notebook, and it listed the names of those he owed money to uh, before the debts had been absolved in bankruptcy. So John now being in England, he writes to all those he owed money to and repaid them with interest. Who does what Warwick just described? Makes good on debts that had been legally wiped away years earlier. Warwick's great-great-grandfather, John Fairfax. Hi, I'm Gary Schneeberger, co-host of the show. This week, we kick off what we're calling a series within the show, which we've named Stories from the Book, Crucible Leadership. That's Warwick's Wall Street Journal bestseller, filled with examples of how historical figures and yes, his family members, weathered their crucibles to lead lives of significance and the character traits that led them to do it. Our first discussion is on John Fairfax because, well, there would be no Beyond the Crucible without John Fairfax. We unpack some lessons in forgiveness that were essential not just to the media dynasty Warwick's great-great-grandfather built, but the legacy he passed on to his descendants, a legacy that can help you through your own crucible today. As Warwick says of his forefather, it's hard to fault somebody that overdoes character, that overdoes forgiveness. tuned in right now for the first example, the first episode of what we're kind of calling a, a, a series within the show. Uh, it's not a series like we traditionally have done it where we take a month or a month or two months and we just run consecutive episodes in a series. Once a month, we're going to do this thing that we're doing here and we're calling it Stories from the Book Crucible Leadership. Warwick's book, uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller, released last year. And it's an important book because it birthed the business beyond the crucible. If there hadn't been a book called Crucible Leadership, there wouldn't be a Beyond the Crucible. And the, the key to understanding that is the book's subtitle, Embrace Your Trials to Lead a Life of Significance. That has been, from the start, a mission statement for all we do here at Beyond the Crucible. The idea of not letting your worst day define you, of learning the lessons of crucible experiences to lead you on a journey to a life of purpose, dedicated to serving others. What Warwick dubbed as a life of significance, that idea was birthed between the covers of, I'll hold it up for those of you watching on YouTube, this book right here, Crucible Leadership. That's where it all started. 
in addition to telling Warwick's story of bouncing back from his, he loves talking about this, by the way, from his ultimately failed <laughs> two, <laughs> from his ultimately failed 2.25 billion with a B takeover of his family's 150 year old media business. Um, in addition to his and other other people's perspectives on what it takes to go from brokenness to breakthrough, a central part of the book is stories of historical figures and some of the members of his family. Those stories are full of insights and action steps for navigating the journey from setback to significance. And that's the ground we're going to cover in this, again, what we're calling a series within the show. Here's how it's going to work. Each month, we'll feature one story from the book, spotlighting one key learning that help the subject of the story overcome a crucible and can help you do the same when you apply the principles that live with inside the lesson and lessons that we talk about. And this is the first one we're doing, so we have to start out here. We're starting at the very beginning, um, if you will, and that's with Warwick's great-great-grandfather, John Fairfax the founder of the family media company of which Warwick was the fifth generation heir, the man who built the company at the center of Warwick's crucible. Now, in this episode on John Fairfax and in other episodes, we're not going to dive deeply into all aspects of the, the individual we're talking about, in this case, Warwick's great-great-grandfather. We're mostly going to spotlight a single aspect of his story, of John Fairfax's story, and that will help you as you walk out your story. And the key aspect that we're focusing on this week is forgiveness. Warwick, that's a lot of talk from me, but I wanted to set the stage because your great-great-grandfather, John Fairfax, and his legacy means a, a great deal to you. Why is it that the legacy uh, left by your great-great-grandfather, John Fairfax, means so much to you? Yeah, Gary. I mean, his legacy, John Fairfax's legacy means a lot to me, but not in the way that you might think. So let's mm -hmm. talk about what, you know, people that would know the story, and certainly in Australia, where I'm from, they would know the story, at least uh, some would. So John Fairfax, he uh, founded what was to become uh, a huge media company in 1841. Uh, at its height, it had newspapers, uh, TV, uh, radio stations, magazines. It had uh, the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age in Melbourne, Australian Financial Review, which is the Australian equivalent of the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post. A massive company. So uh, I, in my own way, uh, after I uh, graduated from Oxford in England, worked on Wall Street, and got my MBA at Harvard Business School, was trying to continue his legacy. I was a fifth generation. It was a 150-year-old media company. So for reasons that you can hear about in other podcasts, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, in 1987, uh, on my way back from Harvard Business School, I launched this $2.25 billion takeover. Uh, ultimately, it failed and um, led to the company uh, falling out of family control and going bankrupt. So in that sense, I certainly did not live out uh, John Fairfax's business legacy. But over the years, I've come to realize there was a more fundamental, a more profound legacy that John Fairfax had. 
and it was a legacy of, of character. You know, there's a book um, that was written in, I guess, the 100-year anniversary, the founding of uh, the Sydney Morning Herald and John Fairfax Limited in uh, 1941, 100 years after 1841. And it was written by a relative, uh, John Fitzgerald Fairfax. This book was uh, a loving portrait of a, of a family um, ancestor. And I read that book growing up and just marveling about not just his business success, but just who he was as a human being, who he was as a man. And so that's something I've really had with me my whole life. So to me, it was the legacy of character that John Fairfax had. He was a wonderful husband and father, a beloved employer. When he died in 1877, his employers said, we've lost a kind and valued friend. There were no worker rights laws to speak of in the 1800s. I mean, who says that about their employer? Um, it's just rare. He was an elder at his church. He was a man who lived his faith and had great character. So that legacy of character, uh, legacy of faith, to me, that's his real legacy. And in some small way, I try to live out that legacy of, you know, the work I do, you know, the husband I am and father and how I treat people. And, um, you know, the bar is extremely high, but if I could just get 10% of the way that he did, with the legacy of character, I think I would have done well. So that, to me, is sort of one of the animating forces in my life. Obviously, the key one is my faith in Christ. But certainly, that legacy of character from John Fairfax, that, to me, is his true legacy, his real legacy, uh, more important, significantly more important than his business legacy. Yeah. It's interesting. That book that you mentioned is in the bookcase behind me back there. I have a copy of it as well. And I read it. And I know not only from talking to you, which I certainly do know this to be true, but I know from reading the book that um, the depth of that character, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of of offshoots of of the character of your great great grandfather, and we could spend um, hours on the show here talking about different aspects of the character of of John Fairfax, and we're not going to do that um, because we want to really drill down to one that uh, that that specifically and particularly can help people going through a crucible experience and how do you come back from a crucible experience. And so we're going to only focus here for the most part on um, uh, one aspect of his character, and that is his capacity for forgiveness. So so set the stage, Warwick, for listeners about why your great-great-grandfather, John Fairfax's capacity to forgive was so remarkable. So John Fairfax grew up in the county of Warwickshire in England in the 1800s, hence, I guess, my name and my dad's name, who was Sir Warwick Fairfax. So John uh, ended up founding the Leamington Chronicle, a newspaper in, again, that county, Warwickshire, in 1835. And in 1836, an event was to happen. It really was a crucible moment that did fundamentally transform his life. There was the before 1836 and there was the after 1836, mm -hmm. John Fairfax in a sense. And we talk about this a lot on Beyond the Crucible. So uh, John Fairfax's newspaper published an article condemning the conduct of a local lawyer. Now that local uh, lawyer, so to speak, took umbrage at this article 
And uh, he did what lawyers do. He sued, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, but the court ruled in favor of John Fairfax's paper, the Lemmington Chronicle. Now, the lawyers sued again because he knew that John Fairfax had limited resources. And the court again ruled in you know, John Fairfax's favor. However, this is at a time when everybody had to pay their own legal uh, you know, expenses. It wasn't like, you know, uh, loser pays. So the heavy legal expenses were so great that they forced John Fairfax into bankruptcy. Now, that kind of event would have destroyed many people. I mean, he did right. nothing wrong. The court twice ruled, hey, John Fairfax, that article was accurate. You've done nothing wrong. As you know, newspapers are very careful about what they write and you know, they try not to write with fear, but uh, they like to feel like if I'm writing that article, if it's accurate, I should be good. Well, in this case, not so much. You know, he couldn't afford the legal expenses. So in a sense, John Fairfax's dream had died. He had this dream of founding a newspaper. And um, for a lot of people, it, it would have said, well, you know what? Starting your own business, what a mistake. I'm, I'm just going to work as a reporter or in his case, maybe a compositor for some other newspaper, you know, on the business side, you know, starting your own paper, way too risky. You know, it's probably going to happen again. And I'm just going to go in some other town where they don't know who I am and, you know, just work for some other paper. Many people would have done that, but not John Fairfax. He did not let that setback define him. So in 1838, uh, he and his wife, Sarah, and young children set out for the long, what's like a four-month journey to Australia. It could be more or less, give or take a month or two, given the winds and storms. But, you know, four months was what it took him. And it was a very rough voyage, and they had a new baby, Richard, uh, on board. You know, they arrived in Australia, but a few months later, the younger son, Richard, died. And that not uncommon back then uh, with state of medicine and, and the uh, you know, arduousness of the voyage. But these devastating setbacks and tragedies, some were professional and some, as I've mentioned, were personal. They didn't hold him back. In 1841, John Fairfax bought the City Morning Herald with a business partner, Charles Camp. John had this vision, along with his business partner, that this paper, the City Morning Herald, would be a free, hard-fighting, vigorous newspaper without fear to express opinion. So John Fairfax, he didn't give up. He didn't hide under the covers. He moved to a new land where he felt like there was more freedom, perhaps, uh, you know, more opportunity. And he lived out his vision. He didn't give up. He just uh, he just moved on. And the postscript to that sort of to that incident in his life with the unscrupulous lawyer, which, by the way, crazy stuff. You win two cases. Judge says you didn't do anything wrong, but you still got to pay for it. I mean, you win one, the guy sues you again, you win the second one, then you have to pay for it. I mean, thankfully, legal systems have changed over the years and we're not in that situation anymore. But but he did indeed what we talk about on the show all the time. He weathered the crucible. He learned the lessons of it and he moved on and he was created something that was both successful and significant. But there's something, as you were kind of giving us the 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 timeline of what happened, and because this episode is about forgiveness specifically, that aspect of John Fairfax's character, there was something in the 1850s that really spotlighted forgiveness in your great-great-grandfather. Talk about that, because 
it, it still uh, floors me when I hear the story. So if you hear a thud, listener, I've been floored again when Warwick tells this story. <laughs> <laughs> well said. So a little over 10 years after uh, John Fairfax bought the City Morning Herald. So the reason that John returned to England was he wanted to visit family and friends. And uh, he also wanted to uh, buy printing machinery for the City Morning Herald. Probably a little tough to come by in colonial Australia um, at the time. And so he went back to the town of Lamington in Warwickshire, where he had you know, lived and spent a lot of years, and where that newspaper was. But there was another reason that John Fairfax had for visiting England. John wanted to repay his debts. Now, obviously, you might be thinking about it and says, well, wait, hang on a second. In bankruptcy, you know, debts are wiped clean. I mean, did that right. exist back then? It did, yes. Your debts are wiped clean in bankruptcy. So he had no obligation whatsoever to repay any debts, nor would any of his creditors have expected it, to be honest. But that wasn't his code. John had long had a black notebook, and it listed the names of those he owed money to uh, before the debts had been absolved in bankruptcy. So John, now being in England, he writes to all those he owed money to and repaid them with interest. Okay, he doesn't just repay the amount, <laughs> he adds interest. I mean, what's interest in like 10 plus years of interest? Who knows? I mean, it's got to be something. Uh, so he did that. Not only did he repay all his creditors, John actually repaid the debts of the lawyer who sued him. And right. undoubtedly, it was the amount with interest. I mean, this guy sued him twice. So if the legal cost had bankrupted John Fairfax, it can't have been a small amount because each side would have had to pay considerable legal expenses. At the time, that lawyer had since died, so he repaid the lawyer's widow. I mean, it's just, he could say, oh, the lawyer's died, whatever. But no, he repays uh, the lawyer's widow. Um, it's just what's amazing that all these creditors, and some of them were probably family and friends, they were just dumbfounded that he right. would do that. But it spoke to his character. I'm going to ask you in a minute, because you talk a lot here on the show about the importance of forgiveness and moving beyond a crucible. But he's the first example I can remember us talking about where, right, we talk a lot about don't let the roadblocks after your crucible stop you. If you have a vision for this, pursue it. And, and your great-grandfather certainly did that. John Fairfax pursued his vision. But- he also, interestingly enough, and I, I don't know any other story that we've ever discussed, he didn't let roadblocks stop him from what he felt was his moral obligation to forgive and make right um, things that were that were done to him. I mean, when we say remarkable depth of forgiveness, that is a remarkable depth of, of saying, I'm not going to let the fact that this lawyer who sued me is no longer living, I'm going to pay his widow. Um, that is uh, Herculean in terms of what it what it says about your great grandfather in terms of how he viewed um, uh, the duty of forgiveness um, as part of his character, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does, Gary. I mean, it sort of says, err on the side of character, err on the side of forgiveness, or on the side of making things right, even when you don't have to. I mean, it's hard to fault somebody that overdoes character, that overdoes forgiveness. Can you overforgive? 
can you overdo character? I don't think so. And I'm never going to criticize somebody for overdoing forgiveness or overdoing character, if you will. It's uh, uh, it's not so much that we all need to do what John Fairfax did specifically, but the sense of being able to forgive and not right. let devastating crucibles hold you back and move on. To me, he's almost like the gold standard of being able to not let crucibles hold you back in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to ask you a, another question in a minute, but before I do that, I'm going, to, I'm going to make a statement. And we haven't talked about this, so you're probably going, what is he going to say? I have no idea what he's going to say. Um, many times as the co-host of the show and in conversation with you privately, I've heard you talk about in your failed takeover of the family business, you felt like you let a lot of people down your family down. Um, uh, you felt like you let God down, but you've mentioned John Fairfax as the founder of the company several times. If I'm being presumptuous, please forgive me, but I know you well. Uh, we are friends. I, I am a student. Uh, I've studied John Fairfax and Warwick. I can tell you with certainty in my mind and my heart that your great-grandfather, John Fairfax, has forgiven you for what happened with that failed takeover. If that still tickles at the back of your mind and you worry about those things, this man, I can say with certainty, he forgives his great-great-grandson for what happened in that takeover. Well, Gary, thank you for saying that. I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I think... You know, being a person of faith, I like to think that when up when I'm up in heaven, I'd be able to talk to him, which, needless mm -hmm. to say, is pretty high on my uh, list of things to do. In addition to you know seeing my dad and other relatives, but you know, I think he would say, "Warwick, yes, you made some mistakes, but my legacy was never, you know, John Fairfax Limited. My legacy that I hope my kids and grandkids and in this case, great, great grandkids would be fundamentally my legacy of faith, faith in Christ, uh, my legacy of character, and you're trying to live that out. And that's more right. important to me than, than the business. Now, I don't think when the company went under in 1990, I was thinking like that. I've had a few decades to reflect, right. hopefully mm -hmm. mature in my faith and understanding of how you know, maybe this, these things work, but no, you're right. I feel like, sure, you made some mistakes and nothing is forever other than, you know, faith and eternity. And um, yeah, I think he would be just looking at myself and my kids who all have faith and, and character. Um, his great, great, great grandkids, I guess, three greats. Right. I've got them, my math right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, you're right. That's how he would look. He, you know, he wouldn't really be so focused on the newspapers. That was his life and how he lived out his faith. But I don't think it was the most important thing in his life. He didn't live yeah. his life that way. It was his faith and family and friends and those that worked for him. So no, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. Well, I hope that gives you um, some level of confidence and comfort as you ponder that crucible experience of your life. And that's one of the things, this question that I'm going to ask you is, is because you talk often on the show here about the importance of forgiveness to bouncing back from a crucible. So talk to listeners about why forgiveness of others, of ourselves, 
um, uh, of, of others to us. Why is that so critical when it comes to moving beyond your crucible? You know, we've had many guests on Beyond the Crucible, probably over 100. I can't think of really anybody that's being able to move on and lead a life of significance, a life on purpose focused on, on serving others, who hasn't in some way forgiven at a deep level. It might be hard-pressed to think of anybody. And the reason is that, you know, moving on from a devastating crucible, yes, it's obviously hard. It would have been hard for John Fairfax not only losing a business, uh, the Leamington Chronicle in, in England, but in some sense he could have always blamed that lawyer for the death of his young son, Richard. If they hadn't been on a long voyage, maybe the son would have you know, survived. Lack of forgiveness can basically prevent us from moving on with our lives. It's like drinking poison. The anger and the bitterness that you feel, they will leak and seep into every area of your life with your spouse, partner, kids, family, friends, those you work with. You know, poison leaks, anger and bitterness leak, and we often take it out the most on those we love the most. We don't necessarily intend to, but we can't help it. And it stops us moving on with our lives. How can you think about vision, uh, something that you're over the task passionate about, if you're consumed with bitterness and anger? You've got no room in your heart and soul, let alone your mind, to deal with that. And it just takes over every aspect in, in your life. So we talk about forgiveness. It's not the same as condoning. It doesn't mean to say what you did or what was done to you was right. We say that forgiveness is important because you're worth it. That's why we say forgiveness is important. And when you look at John Fairfax and how he founded in that great newspaper, the City Morning Herald, and ultimately the media, you know, uh, the media company, media dynasty, it's almost impossible to see how he could have done that if he hadn't forgiven and moved on. I mean, he wouldn't have. So, and that would have been a loss to so many employees, to a lot of people within Australia, to family, his legacy in some ways. So forgiveness is important because you're worth it, your vision is important, and the people that are going to benefit from that vision, that's important too. So that's why forgiveness is so important. You've got to thought about how you feel. It's about making a decision of the will, saying, I'm worth it, the people I love are worth it, the outgrowth of this vision is worth it, I'm going to forgive. No matter how I feel, I'm going to forgive because it's the right thing to do at so, on so many levels. Uh, one of the things that we're going to do uh, on every episode of this um, series within the show is uh, I, we're going to close, uh, and you may have just said it, so uh, this may be redundant, but I want you to say to you know to tell listeners what's the what's the big takeaway you think they can get from what we've just talked about for the last 30 minutes what's the big takeaway about your great great grandfather's example of forgiveness that will help people today listening now uh, move beyond their crucibles toward a life of significance yeah I mean it's a great question I'd say the headline would be something like John Fairfax's legacy of, of faith character forgiveness, enabled him to live a life that generations of my family have been proud of. They've been, mm. you know, not often do you have somebody in your family that's your great-great-grandfather who, A, you know about what we do here because he was, you know, relatively famous and there's a book written about him. But to have somebody you admire so much and to feel like, gosh, I would love to live even a small percentage 
of their life in terms of character. That is just a, a gift, uh, an incredible uh, legacy. So, you know, by forgiving, John Fairfax was able to move on with his life from that, you know, devastating bankruptcy in, in England with the Lamington Chronicle. He was able to move on from what that unscrupulous lawyer did. He was able to start a new life in Australia, founding a great newspaper, the Sydney Morning Herald, and uh, you know the family media company, John Fairfax Limited. He left a legacy of a wonderful husband and father, beloved employer. He was a man of great faith and was an elder at his church, the Pitt Street Congregational Church in Sydney, which still stands to this day. And I'm reminded of a... Um, of the text of a sermon that the pastor of his church gave in 1877 when John Fairfax died. The text was from, you know, needless to say, the King James Version, given it was a <laughs> while ago. Uh, and uh, it was from 2 Samuel 3.38. And the text reads uh, this way, Know ye not that there is a prince and a great man fallen this day in Israel? So, yes, you could say in an earthly sense, John Fairfax was a great man. He was a prince in a sense. He was very successful. He was admired in you know, Sydney and the colony of Australia. But more broadly and profoundly than an earthly prince, he was a great man because of the legacy of his character and his forgiveness. So was John Fairfax a great man? I would say absolutely. But it was his ability to forgive his character, the way he treated his employees. As I've mentioned before, when he died, his employees said, we've lost a kind and valued friend, wonderful husband, father, elder at his church. So that was his legacy, his character, the way he lived his life, his ability to forgive. So none of this would have been possible if John Fairfax had stayed mired in bitterness and anger. John Fairfax's ability to forgive gave us this incredible legacy of a great man in the best sense of that word, a man of faith, character, love, forgiveness. But again, none of that would have been possible if he'd stayed mired in bitterness and anger. So the, you know, there's some great lessons for us all in how John Fairfax lived his life and was able to forgive. And that, as I say often when we have guests on the show, I've been in the communications business long enough to know when the last word's been spoken on the subject and you've just spoken it about John Fairfax, your great-great-grandfather. So uh, we will wrap up our first series within the show on stories from the book Crucible Leadership. We will turn the page next month to another story to help you, listener, turn the page and move beyond your crucible to a life of significance. We'll see you then. enjoyed this episode, learned something from it, we invite you to engage more deeply with those of us at Beyond the Crucible. Visit our website, beyondthecrucible.com, to explore a plethora of offerings to help you transform what's been broken into breakthrough. A great place to start? Our free online assessment, which will help you pinpoint where you are on your journey beyond your crucible and to chart a course forward. See you next week.